So my, my motivation comes from the notion that if there are that many more communities out there to share in, you know, as a family, to share in life, you know, to, to experience life with, um, then, like, why would we ever want to be apart from that? Um, and why not move towards it with everything that you've got? So, yeah, I kind of run towards, uh, towards the thought of um, cosmic community, like, with reckless abandon, because it's just... It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. CE5, or Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, is shorthand for the act of humans initiating contact with ETs through some simple protocols that anyone with an open mind and pure intent can do. The CE5 initiative is a revolutionary global movement that is growing every day. This show is your personal invitation to join this movement and discover contact for yourself. Those who engage in CE5 are cutting-edge ambassadors, ambassadors to other worlds, ambassadors of a new earth, ambassadors of hope. My name is Andre Cardoso, and this program shares the personal stories of CE5 ambassadors from around the world. Today we'll hear from Dana Valley. Dana is a CE5 ambassador who lives in Western Canada. She has been involved in the CE5 initiative for some time, organizing fieldwork expeditions with groups and developing her skills as an ambassador and facilitator. In our interview together, Dana shares some of the core aspects of the CE5 protocols. She shares what it's like to experience contact in some of the different forms it takes and also why CE5 is so powerful and important at this time. Since CE5 has a deep meditative and spiritual component to it, I started the interview by asking Dana about her spiritual background and her exploration of higher states of consciousness leading up to her involvement in this initiative. I think as a kid, uh, I, always, I started off in life with big questions. Um, like one of my earliest memories is being four years old, walking with my parents down the sidewalk, down our street, you know, an evening walk. And, um, and just this thought of like a, 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 an empty space filled my mind. And I pictured, I kind of pictured the stars, the cosmos a little bit, but it was more just like, what is that? Um, and I said out loud, I asked my parents, like, Mom, Dad, um, if we weren't here and, like, the earth weren't here and, you know, nothing was here, what would there be? Like, what would there be? And would it? And I asked, would it just be air or would it just be um, stars? Like, what would there be? And so, and then they looked at me and they kind of laughed and they were like, you'll understand when you're older. Um... And I mean, I, was only, I wasn't even in school yet, and I was already asking about, you know, consciousness. Like, what is it? Um, so I think that was probably the beginning of my spiritual journey. Um, and I remember being like, you know, little moments in Sunday school, uh, just just really deep, deeply, intuitively knowing that um, that, that wasn't kind of it. That wasn't the end of the story. You know, someone just telling me what spirit is. Um and then uh, through my life, I, I um, have done a lot of seeking and um, have integrated um, 
a lot of the Holy Bible, the Jesus teachings, integrated that, um, practiced uh, Christianity for a time and then kind of moved away from it, but really took um, from that a sense of the Holy Spirit, um, a sense of that Spirit that moves through all living things with grace and unconditional love. And the unconditional love, um, the message of Jesus, I definitely, that's integrated in my, in what I practice today. Um, but I moved on and moved into um, taking Buddhist uh, meditation courses in Vipassana, um, which really laid the foundation for m my sort of cosmic consciousness, um, <clears throat> just really sinking into um, 10 days of total silence, um, and in that time, lear I learned how to um, remote view kind of, I mean, it might be astral travel, what I was doing, but just kind of moving around um, w with my consciousness um, without, like, sort of out of the body, um, outer body kind of exploration. Um, and then uh, what I've come to more recently, um, for more practical reasons, for so that I could learn how to kind of move um, energy around, um, I came to... Um, shamanic medicine ceremonies um i had a, i had a lot of opportunities to engage with plant medicine but for some reason it never really called me but then when i learned about um <clears throat> people who were practicing um shamanic ceremonies uh for healing I, that really kind of called me and so i found a teacher a well-known um shamanic medicine practitioner um and so I'm learning um, how to engage with the spirit world through those practices um, for healing purposes. Um, he healing of individuals and, and healing of also the earth. Yeah. Hmm. And how did you first become acquainted with the concept of, of CE5 or right. human-initiated contact with, right. with extraterrestrials? Which is Right. Yeah. So, okay, so all my life I was kind of um, like a bit of a cynic, a bit of a skeptic, um, almost kind of like I've hit this point in my life where I was almost moving into like nihilism, kind of like after religion kind of a state, <laughs> even though I was never incredibly religious, but I kind of hit this wall where I um, really cleared myself of systems, belief systems and all that. And um, I think it was my 30th birthday, I decided uh, I had this goal where I was like, I'm going to learn to meditate. Um, I just felt this call, like, to come back to, um, you know, my essence. Um, and so I did. I lay down on my floor on my 30th birthday, and I, and, I, and I did. I got there. I got to this place, an altered state of consciousness, and I was full of joy, full of love. Um, and um, I think from that, that opened my eyes. It changed how I felt. People were commenting that there was a change in me, and it really, the glow kind of that experience trailed off over the course of a few months so that um was kind of like my aha moment I, I turned a corner at that point and then um anyway as I was saying I was a bit of a skeptic and one night I was trying to decide what to watch on tv with my partner at the time and he's like aliens on the moon and I was like I'm not watching aliens on the moon <laughs> no way like no aliens. <laughs> like, I was not interested in anything that smelled like conspiracy theory, ghost stories. 
nothing like that. Even like the kinds of voices, the narrators on those shows where they're like, aliens on the moon, and they're like really inciting that kind of energy, fear energy. I was like, no way. But he was like, no, no, no. And he pushed it. And so we ended up watching it in there. And I, I thought, oh, I'm going to go do something else. But sure enough, something caught me on there. And I can't remember what it was. It might have been a NASA photograph or some kind of a government document. But there was something that really, um, my rational mind and my scientific mind, just, it clicked. And it, it knew, I knew it, in an instant that uh, this can't, this is not a lie. Like, there, it just sort of pierced me, um, the notion that this is possible. And when that happened, I just like, it was like, I felt everything in me um, like shift. Um, and, uh, that was sort of like the quake that started it all where my, my actual mind realized, um, that ETs are real. And if that's the case, then, whoa. And that led into this huge, um, period of like, dealing with the cognitive dissonance and dealing with, it was like chiropractic in my life, you know, just it really broke things apart and in me and everything, but it was exciting. And, um, I went really, really into research mode and read everything I could, reached out to everyone I could. Um, uh, immediately after that aliens on the moon moment, I watched Sirius cause I was on Netflix and I just, it just led me straight there because it was like, if you like this, watch this, watch Sirius. And, um, you know, it was like, it snowballed from there. And I went, downloaded the app, um, started contacting folks to do CE5. Um, yeah, just started really moving forward in that direction. Yeah, and what, what was that like going into CE5? And, and um, like, what was, how did your first experience develop? Or what, what was the first yeah. moment that you actually knew that, you were, that you'd made contact? Right, um... So, okay, the the one that comes to mind is my first actual, like, contact experience that I initiated, my first CE5. So, um, after watching Sirius I, and getting the app, I, I emailed a bunch of people in my area. And I, I just emailed with a lot of enthusiasm saying, I'm going to do a CE5. Like, you know, like, I've planned this event. <clears throat> Come on out and join me. And it just so happened that... The folks that I emailed were really enthusiastic and they were um, supportive, but n they couldn't make it out. You know, there, was about, there were about six people in the area that just couldn't make it out that night or to the place or whatever. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to do this anyway because I, I need to do this. So, you know, uh, you can connect in consciousness from your connecting consciousness from wherever you're at. And, and then um, I think it was about, I had given myself about two weeks to prepare. And it looked like I was going to end up going out alone. Um, so I just did CTS as best I could. Um, and I what really... Is, what is CTS? For right. People? CTS, um, so coherent thought sequencing. So it's the process um, that I learned um, fr from Stephen Breer's work that he developed, uh, where you just picture your location on the earth, um, kind of like you can picture it from your eye view and then bird's eye view. Um, and you kind of just pan out in your mind's eye and, and then also come back in. And that's kind of my, how I do it. I'm not sure how everyone else does it. But, and you just sort of show, um, use your mind's eye to kind of show like a zoom and zoom in and zoom out your location. Um, and then I sort of sent an image of myself and what I'd be kind of wearing or doing or 
and and um, just really energetically putting that um, strong intent to have contact out there. And then, um, actually, I had to Google like an image of the Earth, like some Hubble or NASA images, um, because. I just couldn't quite conjure the image in my on my own, so I really used those um, images as tools. And maps, I just also pictured it as a map. Um, and then um, leading up to the my first CE5, I kind of just started picturing the map more and more, the, pl- the location on the Earth and um, the coastline. Uh, and then I went out, and um, I think because of all that prep, I think that the ETs were waiting for me. They were there already, and I could feel them connecting in consciousness as I was heading out. Um, and then when I got there, um, two craft appeared. Well, one appeared at first, a, a kind of a golden orange um, craft, orb-like craft, light craft, um, really at the horizon line. Like I was looking out at the ocean, and it was dusk, and it just sort of popped in, in, just sort of popped in, and then. Um, and then it turned into two. One kind of emerged out of the other above it. Um, it could be. It could have been sort of like a portal where two two phased in at, in out from the same spot, or maybe it was just the way that I was seeing things. Um, but anyway, it became one became two, and then the one above kind of moved in a curve to come down to sort of the um, nine o'clock position. Um, and then they, and then it re, um, recombined. Um, so the, the, they sort of did this little dance where one orange, yellow, golden kind of orb um, moved up and then around, and then they kind of went back into one. And they just stayed there and hovered, sort of um, in the same position in the, in the night sky as the moon was, just above the horizon, for quite a while. And my magnetometer was going off, um, and I also received sort of uh, the face, the face of of. The, the being that was kind of inter- I was interacting with and <clears throat> it wasn't perfectly clear but I could see the outline of this face and it was very serious it was a serious face it was like you know hello <laughs> <laughs> so there was that and then I and then I stayed connected in consciousness with that um with that craft uh for about 24 hours afterwards as well I could feel them above my car as I was driving home the next day because I was camping out um, and then that night when I got home, um, I could feel, I could, was connecting in consciousness more. And I think I had another sighting above my house when I got home. So there was, yeah, it was a, it was a big first timer. Mm. And now I'm just curious what, uh, are there any standout experiences that you've had with groups doing this? Um, like, um, maybe mm-hmm. shortly after that experience or kind of how this developed for you? Yeah. So, yeah, after that, I continued to do CE5. Um, I was kind of, like, wild. I was just kind of, like, doing it every day, like, just because. Like, I had this spot out in the grass, and um, um, I was just really, really... And I was having experiences, of, you know, each time new. And I, was, I felt like it was a bit of a school. Like, I was learning about the different ways that you can sense and pick up. So one time I had the... Seti, um the tones a bird start that was singing a song in a tree beside me where I was meditating um, its song turned into the actual tones that we put out at CE5 and it was very like that distinct and it became louder wow. um, and then when, after I noticed it it kind of went back to the bird song so things like that um, 
Yeah, interesting things like that. But um, yeah, so I was doing uh, stuff on my own a lot. Um, had a lot of personal like sort of opening and growth and development kind of. Uh, and then I met up with um, some more folks in my area, uh, and we started to go out together. Um, in a really small group, actually, like just three or four. Um, I was so excited that I was just talking to everyone I could about it and offering to take as many people out as I could. And so I would kind of almost regularly take um, individuals who showed interest in my day-to-day -day life. I would take them out to the high school field by my house and we would go through a CE5 together just sort of to pass that tool along. Um, and we would have flashbulbs and, and orbs in the city, like right there in the center of um, the city where I live, where there's a lot of light pollution and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So I've had um, a lot of activity, even from just in the middle of the city. Could you describe just briefly what, what you mean mm -hmm. by flashbulb? Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. So um, just those real casual CE5 training kind of experiences that I described from one, like between me and a friend, we would lie down um, on the grass and just kind of be facing up and we would close our eyes and follow along to one of um, the meditations on the app. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then when the meditation was complete or during a period of silence in the meditation, we'd kind of open our eyes and see who had joined us um, for that because we would put the invitation out there um, to join us in the meditation. And, you know, the minute we'd open our eyes directly above our head, there'd be, um, you know, what appeared to be a star but then it would just kind of like f really fire up and expand in light um to something much brighter than you know a headlight of a car or a plane um and then and then kind of close back up and sometimes they would flash a few times um and and uh, i've even had a red flash bulb a couple a few times a couple few times so things like that yeah and not like just to get an idea what what's important like it, what why do this uh like why do ce5 um um is it like what makes it something that that's mm -hmm. important to you mm -hmm. um yeah. yeah why might other people want to do it why do it yeah so <clears throat> i mean like i i ask that question all the time like why um but i think that when i kind of drop into my heart um my motivation is, um, like, that if ETs are real and they are out there, that's just more to love. That's just more people and families and life to love. And, like, we have brothers and sisters that we don't even know that we have been cut off from over something as petty as like money or greed or power these things that divide us they just when you move when you drop into your heart and you sink into that expanded kind of space of love and unity these things that uh are holding us back from connecting with you know intergalactic our galactic cosmic community they just seem so small and they seem so disposable um so my, my motivation comes from the notion that if there are that many more communities out there to share in, you know, as a family, to share in life, you know, to, to experience life with, um, then, like, why would we ever want to be apart from that? Um, and why not move towards it with everything that you've got? So, yeah, I kind of run towards, uh, towards 
the thought of um, cosmic community like with reckless abandon because it's just it's beautiful it's so beautiful and um and also I mean even if you're not that interested in ETs and like you know going to outer space or going to spacecraft um just to sit as a human being and develop um your senses just to the edge of of your spectrum for whatever it is that it is like to be able to see um more light like to you know to develop that and to be able to hear things that are a little bit beyond our spectrum that's a really fun experience a fun thing to do as an individual mm-hmm. um yeah and to develop your intuition and expand sort of your senses mm-hmm. yeah Last question is, is, is there any piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's just in, kind of stumbling upon yeah. the idea of CE5 or they may, might be interested in yeah. going out and doing it themselves? Or Yeah, advice. Um, um, I, I mean, everyone's so individual, right? We're like snowflakes and everyone has their unique gifts. Everyone has what they bring to this. Um, so I guess my advice is like, just really trust that you, what your strength is and what you have to offer, you know, this community, um, that will, that will really become evident to you. It'll, it'll rise, you know, in you and you'll get to know yourself uh, and how you fit in to a CE5 community. Um, and the other thing I would think is like, just don't hesitate, just go for it and, um, really embrace, embrace this because, uh, you'll never regret it. Um, and also just the importance of grounding, grounding, um, being grounded and to sort of being able to um, be excited about about it, but um, but kind of I, I guess the reason that I say grounding is because that's been a real struggle for me. Is like um, it, it, the energy I get really excited and I really go up, but um, I've had to learn how to ground it um, to make contact. I, I guess the the context I'm talking about is when you're out in the field and you see a craft and you get really excited because it's such a happy moment. Um, but then to be able to connect in consciousness, you've kind of got to really, really come down um, back to your, back to yourself, your peaceful state. So those are, those are kind of tricks, tricks of the trade, key things, I guess. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks so much. This has been really great. Thank you so much. I'm glad we we got to have this. Me too. Thank you, Andre. Thanks, Dana. I hope Dana's story and perspective was as heartwarming and fascinating for you as it was for me. I hope that this show will encourage you to go out and try initiating a CE5 yourself. To help get you started, you'll find a free guide to the basics of CE5 at ce5podcast.com. You can also contact me at that page for any questions, comments you may have, or to share your own story on a future episode. Now, for a ton of resources and the most definitive information out there on the subject of CE5, disclosure, and all other info underlying the basis for the stories on this show, go to SeriousDisclosure.com. That's S-I-R-I-U-S Disclosure.com. I'm really excited to share that there's also a groundbreaking documentary on the subject currently being produced by that same team with a release date for fall 2019 or spring if you're south of the equator. To learn more and to help be a part of supporting the crowdfunding of that film, please visit ce5film.com. 
The show is a real passion project for me, and it's independently run and produced without any paid advertising. If you're thankful that this program exists and would like to support us, please leave a review on your podcast player or go to ce5podcast.com. I'm Andre Cardoso. Thank you for listening to Ambassadors of Hope. Peace and love.